0: So today is a different kind of episode. I'm not even going to talk about human design. Actually, I probably can't help myself. (laughs) I probably will talk about human design a little bit here. But I intend to talk today about long-term marriage because my husband and I just reached our 30th wedding anniversary. And he was really touched and emotional by it. We went out for dinner and he gave me a piece of jewelry. And this is totally not like him to give me expensive jewelry, what he would consider really expensive. Um I was kind of surprised and shocked by it and touched. And I know that in a deep way, he felt such a deep emotion about us having reached this milestone of 30 years when we've been through such pain and hardship and have chosen to stay together and really committed. And so today I wanted to talk, I thought it would be fun to find 30 things about being married for 30 years, but really then I thought that wasn't as important as just talking about a list of things that I've learned by being married for 30 years. Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed, the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you're meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turvo. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. So, number one, it's not always romantic, right? I had this idea. I'm I'm a big romance novel f- fan. I mean, and I was an avid reader throughout my whole life, I was an avid reader. And especially like in high school, I read tons of romance novels. I was just really into the theme of romance. And you know, I was always the kind that loved princesses. And I loved like Princess Diana's wedding. And I just always dreamed of the wedding day and what it's going to look like and feel like. And I always had this idea of how romantic love is and how romantic relationships are. And so what I realized after marriage, almost immediately it felt like I realized it's not, it's not about romance. Yes, there is romance and you have to keep the romance alive, but that's not the whole of it. It's not always going to be romantic. There's a, there's work involved in marriage. There's commitment. There's responsibility. You know, there's a lot of give and take and there's, Right. If you think it's going to be romantic all the time, then you're sorely disappointed. And I think I learned that pretty early on because I always say we had a honeymoon baby. So I got pregnant probably on my honeymoon. And, you know, within about nine months later, we had a baby. So right away, life gets pretty real. And they're, you know, it's not that romantic, you know, changing diapers and all of that stuff. So But what I also want to say is love is different and deeper over time. And I remember, even I remember talking about that at least 10 years ago, maybe even 15 years ago with my sister. I remember telling her, we were on a walk and I remember telling her that I love him more now than the day we got married. And it just, I remember the feeling of that it's a very much a deeper, a very much of a deeper connection like you know so much more about the ups and the downs and the inner i think the thoughts and the feelings and the things i mean you've seen so much more once you've been married for a while you know than you after dating and we dated for a while we we dated for let's see we uh started dating in 1987 and we got married in 1991 so, it was a longer dating relationship. We knew pretty much about each other by the time we got married, but I would say that it's even deeper over time after you've had children and um, gone through a lot of those ups and downs. The other thing I've come to realize is your beliefs can be very different and you can still support each other in those beliefs. So, I think for many years, I just tried to be somebody who I thought I was supposed to be. And I know I talk a lot about this in my life and why I do the work I do now is because I wore a mask for many years and I tried to be who I thought other people wanted me to be, including my husband. I wanted to believe what I thought they wanted me to believe. I wanted to say the right words. I wanted to be in the church they wanted me to be in. I wanted to be the kind of mom they wanted me to be and the kind of wife. I, I thought there was the standard I had to live up to. And what I have really been working through in the past 10 years, and more actually, in the past two years, very, very focused in the past two years, is that I don't, want to pretend to believe some of those things anymore. I don't want to pretend to be somebody I'm not anymore. I don't want to wear a mask. And it's not easy. And it's not fun to peel those layers off and and recognize that you've been hiding yourself for so long. But what I can tell you is that I feel so much better with him when I can tell him honestly, honestly, That, you know, I I know that I haven't maybe said it this way before, but this is something I truly don't think I believe anymore. And, you know, I think things will change over the course of your lifetime. You think about stuff, right? Or things happen in your life and it really brings to light what are some things that I have been not even allowing myself to think or feel. And when you bring that stuff to the surface, it can be very hard, And so, yeah, you can believe different things and you can still support each other in those different beliefs. There has to be a foundation in your relationship of connecting with each other on a continual basis. So I know, so we had four children together and our youngest is now 18 and our oldest is 29. So I feel like we have... Over the course of time, we always made it a point to have dates. We paid babysitters for years and years, right? So that we could go on dates. And at a certain point, we started going overnight. And then we started going on weekends. And like the first time I remember us going for an extended vacation was on our, was it our 10 year anniversary? We went to Mexico for four days. And I thought, wow, this is a long time to be gone from my children. But it was really important. It's important to, you know, what I recognized is it's important to continue to have that time. If you have, especially when you have children and you need time, you do need time away from your children. You need time to build that relationship to reconnect with each other where it's not just about the kids, where it's about you and your husband and the romance. Actually, that is where there's room for romance, like making romantic time. On dates is super fun. I have found over the years we have had some really. Uh, there was one time when I just went and I bought a hotel room in the town that we live in, and I surprised him out of. Yeah, I bought a hotel room and I got a babysitter without him knowing, and and I just took him to the hotel room. I created a really romantic atmosphere. Like those kind of dates really stick out in my mind as to the connections that we've made over the years, the fun we've had together. Just the things that have built our relationship and that keep us connected. And yeah, I really believe in the importance of it. So if you don't think it's important to or you don't feel like you have the money, you do have the money. It is an important investment. Find money to go away at least for a night. If you still have kids at home, it's super important to find ways to go away and be together without the kids for an extended period of time for 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever it is. Have fun. (laughs) I just think it's super important to have fun and laughter in your relationship. So, you know, that silliness, that giggly, that flirtatiousness, it's really important to have that. And even when your teenagers roll their eyes at you, it's important. It's important to hold hands when you go to the fair or something, right? Hold hands, have fun, pretend that you're dating again. Like all of that stuff just brings back a youth youthfulness in your relationship and kind of uh, reminds you of why you got together in the first place sometimes. Hard conversations are important to have. And what I would say I've learned about myself is I don't do well with conversations at midnight. My husband always loves to have conversations at midnight. I don't do well with conversations at midnight. So one thing I've learned is to try to build boundaries around when are good times to have conversations that I can be fully present to without being too tired or exhausted, right? We both need to not be so tired and exhausted when we're having conversations that feel difficult. And we've had plenty of those over the years. Allowing your emotions to show. And this isn't as hard for me. I think I, I don't hide my emotions very well. Um, I find myself in restaurants with him crying. In fact, that happens more often than not when we're talking about... Things that are really important to me, but I think it's important to allow your emotions and to that really, I feel like builds intimacy and it builds connection and allowing yourself to really be naked emotionally with your spouse, I think is a good thing. Allowing them to know your deepest, darkest things that you're trying, you feel like you should hide. I don't think secrets are great. I know we tend to keep secrets around money or we try to, even for me, sometimes I've tried to keep secrets about things that I think that he wouldn't want me to, to want to do. You know, if I have desires about classes I want to go to or or direction I want to take my life and I feel like, Oh, I don't think he'll support me in that. And then I try to keep it to myself. It just builds a lot of resentment and frustration. So What I've learned now is like it's important to just talk about these things, to bring them up, to not keep them and not let them build because it just really builds resentment. And also being willing to be there for all the hard things, I think, for each other. Now, our son died by suicide in 2012, and it felt like at first it felt like, oh, good, I have a spouse. You know, at least we both went through this together. But there were times when it was really hard for us to even be with each other emotionally, because the the pain was so great. And we talked about separating at that point, and we we didn't, we chose to not separate. But it was, you know, sometimes it can be really difficult, right, to be there for the hard things to be there for all the pain and all the emotion. And I want to say that I'm really happy now at this point that I did stick it out, that we did stick it out, that we are there that we chose to stay committed no matter how hard things got, no matter what we were going through with our kids or with our grief. It was really important that we stuck it out and we stayed committed and that our family got stronger for that. And to have compassion for all of that. So the compassion that I want to feel when I know that he's having a really hard day, or he's had something really is bothering him again, you know, we tend to revisit our grief over and over sometimes about the loss of our son. And so to have compassion for when that comes up again is is better. And I can't say that I'm always the best at it. But I know that it feels better in the end when I just have compassion and allow space for all that hard emotion, rather than judging it and trying to shut it down or telling him I can't listen to it. Yeah, compassion is big. So allowing the freedom of what each of you wants to do. Sometimes like we don't really know each other. My husband and I got married really young. I was, let's see, we got married in two in 2000. We did not get married in 2000. We got married in 1991 and I had just turned 21 and he was also 21. So both of us were 21. We were so young. At the time I thought I was so old, but we were really just babies. If, you, if I look at my kids now, you know, there, two of them are past the age of 21 and one is 18. And I'm thinking, I don't, you know, it's really hard even to picture them at where they are in their life. I'm like, wow, that is crazy that we got married when we were 21. But the thing is, so we didn't really know like all the things we'd find interesting as we went through life, right? We didn't know what we were going to want to be doing later. And I have opened myself to, Be curious about all the different things that I want to try out and different things I want to do. These are things that we never knew. And so allowing the freedom for each of us to explore our own hobbies, to explore our own interests, to have different interests from each other. We don't have to be with each other every single day, every moment of the day. Uh, we don't have to be the only one to provide entertainment for each other. I don't feel like that is the job of a spouse at all. I feel like when you expect your spouse to meet all of your needs, including your social needs, your emotional needs, your fun needs, your romance, your integrate, all the needs you have, your intellectual needs, I think that's where it can feel just overwhelming. You can get actually in a place in your relationship where it doesn't feel good at all because somehow their expectations aren't being met. And so it's important to also have friends, right? Have For me, having girlfriends is really important because there's things I don't, you know, my husband doesn't want to really talk about <laughs> with me. I mean, I don't, you know, not that I'm afraid to tell him or anything, but it's just things that are more fun to talk about with other girlfriends or you know, he doesn't probably want to do coloring. So it's important for me to find other people who are interested in coloring. Or, you know, there's things, I don't want to be golfing with him all the time. So it's important for him to have golf friends. So not expecting your spouse to be the only one who can do all of those things with you is important. Um, informing, I've learned to become a better informer about my emotional state specifically because I have had I have a lot of ups and downs emotionally. But as I'm informing and being more aware, I feel like those level out and they don't cause such a a disruption in our life and our relationship. Also, allowing your spouse, I mean, allowing him for me to to have whatever kind of relationship he wants to have with the kids and not feeling like I need to control it. That I think earlier in our marriage, I felt like, oh, there's a certain way that dads are and, and this is how I want him to be. And he is just an amazing dad and father. And there's no reason for me to even, you know, try to butt into those the way that, for instance, the way he um, talks every week on the phone with our daughter, who's a, officer in the Navy now. And she lives in Texas, but they call every week on the dot and they have their own little relationship there. Like, I don't need to butt into it. I don't need to, you know, know everything about it. Like he gets to have his own relationship with our children. He gets to travel with them by himself, himself, and I get to go do the my things by myself with them. And we just each have our own relationship with the children. And I think that's a really fantastic thing. Also talking about grieving, because we have gone through such the deep grief of the loss of a child, we have different ways of grieving. So supporting each other and knowing that we each have a different way doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Nobody's wrong about the way that they grieve. Nobody's wrong about the way that they think or believe about the loss. Like for us having a suicide, right, of our child The way that I believe now about what that was about or, or what that is and the way he believes about what it is or what it's, we don't necessarily agree on that. And that's okay. You know, we've just talked about, you know, what I believe and we talk about what he believes and it's okay that they're different and we don't have to change each other's opinion about it. It just opens up, I guess, new ways to look at it. And I think that's why we can go on and that's why we can stay together um different wants i think i talked about this different you know accepting accepting the different dreams that we have uh, our dreams have changed over the course of our lifetime and i have different dreams now than i ever thought i would and i think he has different dreams than he thought he would so i think it's fun kind of now when we're coming upon our empty nest our daughter is going to probably move out in a couple of years or or if she doesn't i don't know but we're just we're kind of exploring now this empty nest state that we're going to be in. And what are we going to want to do? We're talking about new things and um, not just focusing on our children as much anymore, right? There's new things that we are going to want to do. And, and we're trying to talk about that. And we can each have our own things even. I also want to say that surprises are great. Like surprises are amazing in a marriage. For us anyways, for me to once in a while come up with surprises that I think will be fun for him and for him to surprise me with gifts or things like that. That's always been fun. Those, I remember those a lot and we don't, we don't have a lot of big surprises in our life anymore, right? So it's fun to get a gift that's really something you never expected. Those, those things can be really fun and just great punctuations, I think, in the course of a long marriage. And I think the last thing I want to say is that I think when I married him, I thought I would be able to change some things about him. And those expectations you might have of being able to change your spouse to something else or something different or have them behave differently. <laughs> those, I mean, their their personality is what it is, right? And those things aren't probably going to change or shift that much. So I think knowing when you get married um that you might not shift them or you shouldn't expect to to have them change if you why would you want them like as i'm older now why would i want somebody to behave in a way that's different than who they truly are this is all what my coaching is about is free to be you right so f- the freedom to really become yourself to explore who you truly are and to be authentic with yourself with your voice and to show who you truly are so It's interesting how I can see that pattern, though, sometimes in other relationships where people are really upset with who someone truly is, and they're trying to change it. And they're really upset about the way the person is and over and over again. So I guess there's Two options, right? I mean, there are three options. Maybe you can change their behavior, but I don't think that's the best road to go down. But, um, you know, the other option is you accept them for who they are and choose to commit to the relationship, which is what I have done. Or you leave, right? There's really only a few options. And so I think that's one of the biggest learnings is that We are who we are at a deep level. And so many of us anyways are trying to pretend that we're not who we are, (laughs) which is funny. It takes so much energy to pretend to be somebody you're not. But, you know, in a marriage, when you're trying to, I mean, for your own good, right? For your own good, don't try to change yourself to be something you're not. That's just for your own good. And then don't expect your spouse to change to something they're not. I mean, what if you can both be just true to who you are and have the freedom to be who you are and then come into the relationship and have fun together? Just live your life together, but truly honoring who you each are as people. It's just, can be just a much better experience. You have a lot less hassles of, that tiredness and exhaustion from trying to put on the mask every day, right? And be somebody different. So that's, I think those are the only things I wrote down. I know that's a lot actually now that I'm thinking about it, but I hope that this helps. And if you've been in a long-term relationship or for decades, I mean, are there any lessons that you've learned just you can respond to me in Facebook, right? Via Facebook Messenger, or you can come and email me at Rebecca at RebeccaTurbo.com. I'd love to hear what are your biggest takeaways or what did you learn from this episode? Do you have anything that you've learned by being in a long-term marriage that can really, you know, shed some light for others? I just think it's a fun topic. And I didn't talk about human design, but I want to let you know that there are two levels of human design readings I do now, human design sessions. One is a basic foundational session, and the other is business breakthrough. So if you are a business owner, we can look at your chart through the perspective of your business. It's really fun, very practical, and you can get so much from it. So both of those offerings are at RebeccaTurbo.com forward slash design. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today and I look forward to seeing you next week. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along. While you're there, please leave me a review and let me know what you think. So excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye!